being homeless and the stress related to that, you know, you're constantly in that fight or flight. You're going to have increased blood pressure. You're going to have increased like release of cortisol that helps with alertness, even, you know, hypertensive crisis where your blood pressure is just out of control. It literally just makes things worse. I'm Leon Guidry, and this is the Brother Be Well podcast brought to you by Sutter Health and the Sacramento County Division of Behavioral Health Services through the voter approved Proposition 63 Mental Health Services Act. We're going to help you level up and lean into effective solutions for mental health and sustainable wellness for boys and men of color. Hi, I'm Michael P. Coleman, content director and lead writer for Brother Be Well. Today, we're talking about youth who are experiencing homelessness and mental health. And we've got a great panel to talk with uh, about that topic. We're going to chat with a few folks about that. Um, first of all, we've got Julio Cruz. He's an integrated behavioral health specialist and a Brother Be Well clinical advisor. Julio, how's it going today? Pretty good. Thank you for having me, Michael. Re- really good to see you again. Good to have you. Uh, next up, we've got Aaron King. He's a registered nurse and he's the secretary of the Capital City Black Nurses Association. Aaron, what's up? Hey, my guy. Thanks for having me. Always good to see you, Aaron. Always good to have that smile as a part of these these <laughs> broadcasts, Aaron. And also, we've got a, a first-time guest who is here at Brother Be Well. We've got Ted Gatia. He's affiliated with the California Coalition for Youth. He's a young man who's currently living in transitional housing in Los Angeles. Ted, how's it going today? Um, I'm good and you. Just enjoying the day. It's going a little... It's been a bit crazy, but in a good way. So it's, it's going well. well. Crazy, crazy in a good way is a good thing. It's good to have you here. Really welcome to Brother Be Well. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Let's get right down to business. We got a few questions and a lot to talk about today. Um, studies consistently report high levels of mental health disorders among youth experiencing homelessness. Those disorders include depression, fear-driven anxiety, excessive worry, sleeplessness, trauma, substance abuse, PTSD. <laughs> and dissociative behavior. Youth of color, I'm very sorry to say, are overrepresented among young people who are experiencing homelessness. You know, I might have just answered this question myself, but I want to dig into it with you. Why is it so important that we here at Brother Be Well talk about this topic today? Maybe Julio, you could take that one. Absolutely. Um, You know, I think that it is very important because sometimes we try to see homelessness as an isolated thing that is happening to somebody. And as people of color, we already come with a, a, a need for more access to mental health. So, and also because of historical trauma and um, social experiences, we already have an array of things that we need to work on, right? So when you compile that with the homelessness, that is just like adding fuel to the fire. So. We need to address it with a holistic approach to what it means to be homeless, what it means to be a person of color, and what is the history that comes with that person. Yeah, yeah, very important. You know, youth experiencing homelessness often exhibit multi-diagnoses, as we know, mental health combined with substance abuse, for example, which can itself, it, it can equate rather to um, self-medication. I'm wondering what's behind that medic what's behind that connection first of all. And for you Ted, I'm wondering if you have ever experienced co-occurring disorders as you are managing a situation where you find yourself where you have found yourself homeless. Um I mean definitely I, I understand where you're coming from. I think that 
that self-medication kind of comes from, you know, not really knowing how to ask for help. I know that um, like last year, especially was particularly challenging at, at some point last year, I actually was homeless at least for a week. Mm. Uh, but some of the like steps I've taken, are, um, I think lucky enough for me, I was able based off of my past experiences to, to, to kind of learn a little more how to how to ask for help so like I was seeing a therapist almost every week for a year uh, almost a year um, I've, I've been doing a lot of um, uh, you know just very technical like breathing exercises um, uh, you know mental and emotional health counseling a lot of uh, emotion especially emotional counseling like on a day-to-day -day basis whether it's journaling or uh, you know, listening to self, like uh, reassuring, like um, uh, just discussions, reading quotes and things like that. So a lot of, it's like a combination of all these different things. Um, that's how I self-medicated. Um, I've mm. met some people who unfortunately, uh, they just, they weren't able to uh, get on a path that w did work for them. I mean, I've met some, but not a, too many were, some did turn to certain drugs and uh, um, some alcohol, uh, and they're still battling it until now because they're also they're still experiencing in and out of homelessness. So it's kind of like this uh, unfortunate, like toxic cycle. But uh, for me, that's been the some of the biggest uh, ways that I that I coped, especially mm -hmm. over the past year. Um, we were just saying before this conversation, Ted, how brave it is, I think, of people like you to be so willing to tell your own story and talk about your journey. So I really want to thank you for that. Really appreciate you being here. Let's get at, at guys, the, the physiological effects of this variety of first mental health disorders. We're going to talk about the physical in a second, but let's talk about the physiological effects of homelessness. We know that homelessness leading to sleeplessness, for instance, can set up a whole other set of problems. But let's talk about those, those physiological effects of, of, of finding yourself homeless. Um, Aaron, maybe, maybe you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I think if you think of overall of being homeless and the stress related to that, you know, you're constantly in that fight or flight um, stage, right? And so you know that in fight or flight, when you're increased stress and um, a threat, you're going to have increased blood pressure. You're going to have um, increased like release of cortisol that helps with alertness. And then your liver is just like working to break down like glucagon, which is where we get our sugar, our glucose from. So um, if you think about that high blood pressure, high glucose, what are, you know, um, the communities of color more at high at risk at for, right? Their diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease. And so the, the stress really does help like deteriorate that. It's, it's just, it's just a combination of two. Um, it is, it literally just makes things worse. You know, we're already at a higher prevalence of uh, diabetes and blood pressure. And then you add that added stress and that's where you're going to start seeing people come in with, you know, DKA, which is, you know, when your blood sugar is really high as a blood, uh, as a diabetic or even, um, you know, hypertensive crisis where your blood pressure is just out of control. Wow. Wow. And would the same be true? You know, we might be aware, but as long as we talk about effects, we, we mentioned substance use and abuse. Ted was leading us through that conversation. What are the, the physiological effects of substance abuse? Let's just be very direct so that people understand what homeless youth are facing. So, 
Yeah, when we talk about substance abuse, um, first of all, we should always include alcohol in that conversation. Um, and so we know the long-term effects of alcohol on the liver, on uh, your stomach, issues like that. And so um, that irritant, it makes sure at a higher prevalence for um, for liver disease, ascites, you know, where you're getting that inflamed liver. Um, and then also gastric issues, you start seeing more of like um, gastric, like cancer, um, and then when we talk about um, drug use, the most notable would be like IV drug use. And everyone knows that's increased for HIV and AIDS and then hepatitis C. Wow. Wow. Is it too much of a stretch, gentlemen, for me to say, as you as you were talking, Aaron, it occurred to me that, you know, some of these very specific conditions that we can talk about, alcohol, alcohol use and abuse, drugs and hypertension and all that. Could we equate homelessness with those? Does that word alone need to be enough of a trigger to make us say this is something that needs to be addressed because homelessness is, is in fact, um, a risk group in and of itself. The, the condition of being homeless is as serious a risk group as hypertension, high blood pressure, alcoholism. Too much of a stretch or yes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not too much of a stretch. It definitely, I feel like the homelessness puts you at an increased re like risk as you're, I mean, a lot of the times you're exposed to um, the elements, right? And so at extreme times, we look at um, your blood pressure or excuse me, your um, exposure to, you know, like, like the sun, exposure to rain, that kind of things. Um, I feel like you know, those, it, it, it increased the likelihood of you having fungal infections, ra you know, rashes, scabies, TB, things like that. Um, wow. Evidence shows that um, having a mental health disorder, this was, as, as I got ready for this conversation, this was a sobering fact that, that, I, that, that I, I learned about. Julio, I'm going to toss this one to you at first, and then everybody kind of chime in. Evidence shows that having a mental health disorder prior to becoming homeless is a predictor of future homelessness. And experiencing homelessness is a predictor of developing a mental health disorder. Ted just, you know, bravely told us about having seen a therapy, a therapist for a while last year when he was also when he also experienced homelessness. Is it, this strikes me it might be a chicken and egg conversation. Are the two inextricable? Homelessness leads to to has a higher probability of leading to mental health disorders. Having a mental health disorder leads to homelessness. My heart just went out when I when I was pulling up some of that data. Julio, comment on that if you would. Yeah, I think that there is a big correlation and how it affects either way, right? Unfortunately, we don't live in silos. So whatever is affecting me physically, and I don't have a home. Like there's hierarchy of needs. One of them is being housed. So if I'm not housed, I'm going to be in extreme um, risk of feeling unsafe, and that is going to make me feel the fight or flight, constant uh, stress. So it's going to affect how I behave on a regular basis. And if we add to that that there may be substance use that I'm, like, let's say I'm using meth to be able to stay up all night because I don't feel safe, that is going to contribute physiological, psychological, and emotionally to the way I present. So in the future, my options are going to be limited that may contribute like off by being able to work and to have more access to resources because of the social stigma. So it's going to make it most likely that I'm going to continue to experience homelessness. 
which in return is going to contribute to exacerbate the mental health conditions that I'm experiencing. I see. I see. Any any other comments on that before we get to our next question? I've got one for Ted about his own experiences. Anything, Aaron, you want to add to that? So, yeah, I, de I definitely think this is a chicken and egg kind of conversation. I really liked what Julio said about siloed experiences like these really impact um, each other. Um, yeah. So we know that the mental health will contribute to the higher risk of homelessness. Right. And we see that, especially in communities of color where we're not always given those resources. And then also being homeless is a higher risk factor for developing further mental health disorders. Um, yeah. So those are the relationships that I see there. I've got, a, I've got a, another question for you, Ted, if, if you would. I'm wondering if you found systems, you, you mentioned having been homeless for a period of time, have you found um, either through your own experience or through talking to other people that systems are out there that are friendly to homeless youth? Is, is it easy for a, a, a youth who's experiencing homelessness to tap into systems and get services? Or did you find more barriers there than you would than you would prefer to have found. I mean, in an ideal world, it would have been very easy for you to, to link to services. And I'm afraid you shook your head. So I, I kind of know where you're about to go, I think. Oh. How how easy was it for you to access systems or how how friendly are those systems that are out there for homeless youth? Um, well, I was actually, uh, I was shaking my because it was like, it was more of like a you know, like if only, you know, people knew how much uh, the services I did get help helped. I 200, I mean, I think that each service is a work in progress. Like you're saying, I don't think there will be some people who feel that, you know, they didn't really get uh, the, maybe the level of treatment or just the quality of service that they wanted to get and, and or maybe thought that, you know, uh, they deserve to get. But personally speaking, there are services here in LA that without a doubt saved my life, not just from last year, but from 2019, um, which is when I actually first experienced homelessness. So there are without a doubt some organizations, nonprofit, like, I don't know if you want me to name them specifically. Uh, if you want, I can do that. But there are some truly life-saving organizations there. And it's like, it's just hard, you know, looking back, um, you know, you, I, and I've spoken to some people who feel the exact same way about these same organizations. It's like looking back, seeing where I was like even a year ago and being like, if I didn't go to APIT or the LGBT center or whatever it may be, I, you know, it's, it's kind of a really dark thought process, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's to show appreciation for how, you know, uh, the things that helped to get you here, you know, the steps you took and the people that helped you along that path. And so without a doubt, there are organizations that literally saved my life. And even to this day, I, it's just truly amazing how helpful some of these places are and how they really do help you bounce back. Um, I mean, I'm at the transitional house literally as we speak. And I think it was yesterday morning I was speaking to an oh, uh, this lady who was, um, she was talking about a case manager that helped her uh, when she first moved to LA and she was homeless and he helped her, you know, with so many different things, with her name change, with housing. And now he he's helping her get her own apartment and she's going to be moving in in about two or three months. So it's like, it's just beyond unbelief. You've wow. experienced homelessness. There's some truly um, like amazing organization uh, services out there. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, sorry, I, I kind of went off, but it's like, this is so personal that it's kind of hard not to be like, yeah, that definitely is, you know, so. No, 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 I appreciate you. You absolutely name those organizations if you like. And I want to check in and just make sure you, you found, for instance, the staff at those organizations were um, well-informed about how to deal with people who had experienced trauma. They were, they, they were, you, you were able to receive trauma-informed care at those organizations? Um. Well, the thing is, Yes, I think the thing with the counseling, like at the therapy that I still do uh, like every week, that one is more general. So it's to help me stay on the same um, emotionally healthy, because for me, personally speaking, it's the emotional part that's actually been the hardest to deal with. Even when it comes to homelessness, it's not even the physical part. It's mm. been the emotional part for me. So it's more of like maintaining my emotional stability on a weekly basis. And mm. it's uh, out. But um you know, certain traumatic events, uh, when I need something specific, they can help refer me somewhere. So um, I like that they don't, they're not like, you know, they just uh, give you a paper and they kind of like send you on your way. Like they, at least some of them, a lot of them do seem like they do want, you know, um, you to really find the resources and the help you need, um, mm. especially if it's a therapist or a case manager or just someone you see on a regular basis so if they don't have it specifically depending on whatever trauma that is they're very good at referring you somewhere mm. that can help you um so yeah at least that's from my experience uh, that's great that's great to hear thank you for not answering the question in the way i thought you were going to thank you for surprising me so it's good to hear that you were able to get the services that you needed in a way that that you were able you, that you needed to receive them i appreciate hearing about it Thanks for listening to the Brother Be Well podcast. There are lots of people that look like us stepping up to take the journey to wellness. Stay connected by joining peer support groups and happenings in the Brother Be Well community this month. Watch for text alerts and hook up with us for the next episode of Brother Be Well. I'm Leon Guidry, and we're out.